What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Nazi podcast. This week, we are back to break down the UFC 297 card going down this weekend from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Sean Strickland versus Drickus Duplessis for the premier division title in the UFC. And we got 12 fights to break down on this pay-per-view top to bottom. Pretty okay card. Um, you know, a lot of Canadian fighters, but I'm joined by my co-host, as always, to break down the fights. What's up, Ozzy? How we doing this week, my man? Event number two of the year, first pay-per-view. Is is this the first time we've been in Canada in, in, in quite some time? Or did they go to Amanda Canada Nunes last year? versus Irina mm, Aldana. That's right. That was last year. That was Vancouver. Um, now we're a little bit more east in Toronto. Um, and we're bringing the best title fight that they could bring. I mean, I love this title fight. Um, the rest of the card, I would say, you know, they just lack that next, that that that, that secondary bout, like that feature bout. Mm. Um, but you know, we'll we'll check it out. I'm not sure if I'll watch this more live, but I will catch the main event at some point for sure. And uh, hopefully, there's some bangers here. There's a lot of Canadians on this card, so I hope a lot of them lose. So. Spoiler alert for my picks. Yeah, I hope so too. Unfortunately, um, they usually do stack the cards pretty well um, and favor the Canadian fighters. Very WWE-esque matchmaking on some of these Canadian cards. And then if you guys remember the last time we were here, um, I think like three of the first four dogs hit in in that fight it was 289 so um julian arosa Ur- was that when he won his fight or- no well okay he's not canadian but okay one is a big dog kyle nelson one is a big dog zahabi one is a dog jazz davidius mm-hmm. one is a dog um and maybe one is a favorite malat one is a favorite so last car basically canada won every single fight um but they have now more when they zig that we zag Yep. Opposite. So now, not happening. now we have different fighters. Um, but yeah, still a very Canadian heavy card. Um, last week was a good card to get back back uh on the horse um in 2024. I enjoyed being back, you know. Really didn't make many live bets last card. That was kind of a, a, a rare thing for me, but um did pretty good with some of the the DK openers I hit and some other props as well. How about you? Yeah, winning card. The only stumble I had was uh, I think Tom uh, Tom Nolan, maybe one other spot. But uh, yeah, for the most part, did well. Um, lost on Phil Hawes, but had some other winners like the GTD and the Mario uh, Mario fight. Um, who oh, else? Uh, Preston Parsons. One. Preston Parsons was a good underdog pick for us that uh, we both had, and uh, a few others. Unfortunately, Waldo Waldo couldn't get it. You know, couldn't get the knockout there. Um, but Andre Arlovsky, the, the other thing I didn't tell you, Marsh, another coincidence when Andre Arlovsky is the first pay-per-view I ever bought right before I started doing jujitsu was UFC 260 or uh, 61, where Andre, Andre Arlovsky was the main event and he fought uh, fucking uh, Tim Sylvia, five rounder, the worst title fight in UFC history. I, I would say it was like the Carla Esparza uh, Rose Lamayunas fight at heavyweight. Mm, I never, never watched that it, one. Check that one out, bro. That that one was an infamy back then. So it made sense that he posed like another, like you know, when <laughs> another Dominican was in front of him, he froze, bro. He, he put yeah. put together a stinker. But um, I enjoy I enjoyed that last card. Only real surprise was Nolan getting knocked out. I'd say everything else I think went pretty pretty much uh, um to plan. And you know we went head to head Bruno versus Hawes. I got the better of that one. So you gotta or Philip, you gotta come back on this one. Yeah, I think Philip. Uh, I think he's done. I think he's done. <laughs> yeah, he's done. I'd say he's, he's done. done. Um, it's his birthday. It was his birthday the beginning of the year. So. And then Jim Miller getting the fucking job done. Oh, they already got him booked again versus Bob Bob go. Green. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we things are looking up. You know, good start to the year. Um, you know, a little bit of a weak pay per view this week, but we're gonna break things down. We're gonna start things off. And you know, as it is a little weak, right? But I feel like the main event, man, a fresh fight. DDP absolutely surging, undefeated in the UFC. Strickland coming off the big plus five hundred win over Adesanya in uh, Australia. I mean, this is as good as MMA gets. I mean, I, they were talking about doing a rematch versus Adesanya. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? Drickus Duplessis just knocked out Robert Whitaker, and you're talking about doing a rematch? Luckily, they went with the right decision, and we got this amazing fight. Sean Strickland versus 
is Jerkis Duplessis. Odds for this one have Strickland minus 124. DDP coming back plus 104. And I'm going to let you start this one off because you've been a DDP truther for a while now. You've been a believer, a supporter. I've been a critic, but I have come around a lot. And, you know, how could you not like this guy? Just nonstop entertainment. But let's hear your thoughts on the fight to start things off. Yeah, really unique fighter Drickus is. He came in from that South African scene. Uh, had only, I think, lost to the guy Roberto Soldick or however you say, say his name. Uh, maybe one other guy. But even in his first UFC fight, I bet against him. I took Marcus Perez as an underdog. Um, and when he got that knockout over him, I was like, man. Like, I, I had previously thought, because he had famously, I think... Uh, not had any decision wins. All his wins were by finish up until then. And uh, obviously he got the finish. But I kind of put into my head like, man, this guy just makes violent stuff, like stupid stuff happen because he just goes for it, whether it be a submission or a knockout, like he's causing action in there. And I just decided to ride him, uh, you know, in all his fights uh, uh, since then, except for the Whitaker fight, unfortunately. But either way, um, you know, how I see this fight and how I'm thinking about it is that, yes, Sean Strickland is the better uh, technical boxer on the outside. He has pretty good defense. Uh, he, sh- he has shown he's got a lot of experience, uh, five-round experience as well. Um, I'm trying not to let the fact that how uh, uh, Izzy let himself get walked down uh, to the cage. He kind of let uh, Sean kind of be able to uh, use his defense to just keep the pocket range and, and, and just keep it in that uh, close battle. Whereas Drickus, I feel, is going to be uh, much less willing to give ground and much more willing to cause collisions and do, you know, work in the grappling and be offensive. Where uh, Izzy uh, was in the in the in between of being reactive to what Sean was doing and uh wait and or and being reactive and encouraging sean to do stuff and when he wasn't doing anything he he didn't really have a plan on how he's gonna get off his strikes so i feel like this fight is gonna be much more of a contest to like battle um whereas izzy kind of just let sean um stay in the comfortable range where it, yeah he he could be sparring at that pace that he wants whereas Drick is he's like overwhelming like he's the 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 physicality that he brings and the strikes that he finds is very potent. So I, I think that he might be able to use his kicks early on. Um, but he's gonna have to do damage early. And if Sean is able to uh be on the front foot, uh bypass a lot of the stuff that Drickus is gonna throw at him, whether that be takedown attempts or you know, big strikes or you know, combinations, and stay on the his same rhythm and keep you know, throwing his straight shots. I do think that Sean Strickland has a big advantage as the fight goes on. But uh, but I just, I don't think laying juice on uh, against Drickus is for me. So I think I'm going to just pass in this fight, but I would favor it to go to, to uh, not go the distance because I feel Drickus is either going to really uh, land uh, significant strikes that potentially hurt Sean or he'll get, he'll tire himself or, you know, it'll be a very hectic fight and he could get caught um you know along the way so this might be a fight if you're playing maybe DraftKings that i, I could see a, a war going on here or i can honestly see drickus knocking sean out early but um so i'm gonna just pick drickus just because you know i i, I want to be in the world where drickus is the champion uh and uh and yeah we'll see if i could uh nail the main event pick the first kind of like pick them fight that's a main event of the year what about the over two and a half what do you think about that I can see that hitting because uh, plus, I, I feel plus I feel there'll be there'll be some clinching, maybe some takedowns. Um, but man, Drickus puts up pours on the gas and he starts throwing strikes. And you know, Sean's been caught hit a lot, man. They, you know, his defense is good, but in a lot of these fights, he is absorbing uh, s- some significant strikes as well. So um, you know, Drickus just finds the chin. He's quick. But again, man, he's like a Johnny Bravo. Like he's just like a crazy character. So his skill, skill for skill on the feet, I do think that he could have an issue with Sean. But I just feel that he's gonna live up, you know, live up to the moment. I misspoke. It's actually uh, pick a minus one fifteen um, for the over two and a half. Yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll get there because you said. It, it ends ITD. I mean, that is minus three twenty five. So I was just trying to get your opinion on t- if it goes over two and a half. I think you're leaning yes. I would as well. I really like what you said about the difference in like the 
basically the intensity of the fight. Like Izzy was just letting himself get walked down, was letting his back get to the cage. And he kind of got a little like neutered in that fight after he got dropped. He was never really able to turn it on. And you heard him say this this week or recently in an interview where he was asking his coach, like, oh, what round is it? Should I should I let it go? And the, his coach was like, oh, it's round five. No, stay stay technical. Well, I mean, like you're down three to one. Like, you can't stay technical. I mean, that, he, he just fought really poorly in that fight. But I don't really see DDP making that happen, man. I think, you know, his fights are just so chaotic and high action and intense that there's no way it's going to be like a pedestrian sparring fight like that Izzy fight was. And I think the first few rounds are going to be hellacious here, man. I mean, betting the over two and a half is risky because DDP comes out so hot. Uh, and I think if anyone's finishing under two and a half, it will be DDP. Uh, I don't think Strickland finishes under two and a half. That would be surprise me a good amount. Uh, just because, you know, he doesn't hit significantly hard. And, you know, we, the only guy he's finished under two and a half is like Brendan Allen and uh, fucking Abu Smagomedov, um, who just can't take damage and, you know, bad cardio. So I think if Drickus is getting finished here, it will be in the second half of the fight. And I do think Strickland minus 124 is value. You know, I do cap him um, probably closer to 60%, I would say here. But now I'm also thinking I'm weighing out the options on if I want to go in before the fight or wait for live, because I do think Drickus, uh, with his, you know, physicality and his explosiveness early on, I do think will probably give Sean problems and probably win one or two of the first two or three rounds here. I think he's going to have early success and I think it's going to take Strickland um, some experience, some time to warm up. And if he works his way into the fight into the, you know, third and fourth round, I think that's when it really starts to favor him. Drick has never been in a fourth round. I don't think maybe he was back in before the UFC, but he definitely hasn't been in a fourth round in the UFC. Um, no, I don't think he's been in a round four at all. Um, and you know, he beat Tavares by decision. He finished uh, till in the third round, but just not a whole lot of experience uh, in these later, later fights for DDP, but he does alleg allegedly have the nose fixed. Now, you know, the breathing problem uh, is supposed to be fixed and we, I can't stress enough how impressive it was for DDP to finish Robert Whitaker. I did not see that shit happen. And, and, you know, he not only knocked him out, he looked like he was in control from the jump. And the way he was taking Whitaker down and passing his guard and beating him up on the ground, man, that was one of the most surprising fights of the entire year last year. I could not believe what was happening in that fight. So I, I hate to pick against DDP because he's proven me wrong a lot of times and he's uh, just a, a physical specimen. But I will be picking Sean Strickland to get the win. I'll go with, uh, let's go with the fourth round knockout. I can see it being a fourth type fight for Sean. Um, and I'll be looking, I think I'm going to go small on Sean before the fight, maybe to win a unit and then look to add even more as the fight goes on. But I wouldn't be mad at DDP winning, man. This guy has, uh, just proven me wrong time and time again. And he puts on incredible fights and, uh, he will be a good champion. So just an amazing main event, man. Can't wait for that one. And as Ozzy said, though, throughout the rest of the card, really lacks that key fight. And uh, I think that's very evident by the co-man event here, which is for the vacant Bantamweight Championship in the women's division, Raquel Pennington, Maria Bueno Silva. Odds for this one, minus 157, Rocky Pennington, plus 137. Um, you know, I like Pennington. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of Silva. Um, and, you know, in a fight like this, my inclination is to, to lean with the person I like more in Pennington. But I'm I'm prepared to be let down here. I think Bueno Silva is going to find a way to win the fight. But I have very little analysis or conviction here. Um, breaking news. I don't know about for you, Ozzy, but I, I did not tape this fight. I did not spend any time rewatching Raquel Pennington lull women to 29-28 in the clinch. You I don't mean, appreciate you don't appreciate Raquel Pennington. You know, Raquel Pennington's a father as well now. She's a dad. And yeah. you're not even giving her the respect of, uh, of, uh, like her. of watching her fights. Uh, okay. Come on, bro. You didn't, you didn't rewatch any Rocky Pennington fights this week. Bro, I've been I've been on every Rocky fight. Since, I think I skipped the Ketlin one. But other than that, since uh, even on Holly Holm, even when she fought Holly Holm, dude, I mm. bet on her. Damn. I, I, I mean, think I've been on Rocky, Rocky her. all like her fights since the Aldana fight. I think no, I've been yeah, on her so every time. Just to finish for me, uh, no dollars on this fight for me. I hope Rocky wins. Um, 
but you know, no real conviction on anything for me here. Um, I would like to hear your pick and if you see any way to bet on this fight. I mean, I like Raquel Pennington to win this one. Um, you know, as an underdog here, um, I just feel that Bueno Silva. Yeah, I mean, the girls that she's the, those girls that she's submitted. I don't know. I feel like do you does Lena Landsberg train MMA? Like, no. Do you think she's forty two? Like, does Holly Holm? You know, she doesn't do jujitsu, bro. There's no way any. What girl is guillotining Holly Holm like that? She's training with. She doesn't no. do it. None. Whereas I feel that Raquel Pennington, via you know being with Tisha Torres, they live in like Colorado, wherever the hell they live, they actually trade. You know, they they, they do stuff. And I just feel that um, some of the stuff that, like, Bueno Silva sometimes does, like, she does, she, like, throws calf kicks. She, you know, she she does, like, the, the you know, she uses good tools uh, at her disposal. But I just feel that a lot of times she's kind of, like, built her game on um, going for high-risk stuff, sometimes being the better athlete. But when then, now, maybe you're not the better, you're, maybe you could be considered the better athlete, but... Raquel is a dude. Okay, let's put it, you know, like in, in, in a good way. And she's she's stronger than her as well, I feel. You know, she's a natural 135er. She's fought at 145, whereas uh, Bueno Silva has predominant, uh, most of her career was at 125. So I just feel like I like the durability of Raquel. I feel that it's going to be tough for Bueno Silva to hurt her with punches outside of maybe early on um, because I do see Raquel, even if she's not effective early, um, you know, maybe being able to get in the clinch and just slowing Bueno Silva down a little bit. Um, and then maybe, you know, the fight, there could be some variance late in the uh, fight that could go in my favor with maybe Bueno Silva per- putting herself on her back or putting herself in a bad position where Raquel could, you know, land some strikes and, you know, get dirty the fight up. So for sure at 145, 150, my pick is Raquel Pennington. And I will put a wager on her as well. Mm. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I should look into it more and maybe I'll come around to a wager. I mean, the one thing I don't like, though, is the women who have given Bueno Silva the most trouble are grapplers. Montana De La Rosa, Marion Morose were able to put her against the cage, take her down. That's not really Raquel's not going to take her down. She's going to put she can put her against the cage. She's going to put her against the cage and take her down. dude. Yeah, but she's not she's not going to she's not going to go for it. Um. I mean, what, how many takedowns has she hit in her fights lately? Um, few. Maybe she's hit like one in some of her fights. Um, but I, I think a Pennington win is like very reliant on, you know, clinching, getting her to the cage, landing some box. I just think it's going to be an ugly, ugly decision. So, I mean, uh, I definitely think Raquel's the side. She Tara training at ATT though with some good guys. Uh, Gloria DePaula. She's gotten thick, yo. She's she. I know you said she used to be one twenty five, but she's gotten thick. And um, she used to be one fifteen, bro. Oh, you wow. talking about a bundle stuff? No, you talking about yeah. Stuff, and uh, Rocky, on the other hand, training with Miranda Maverick um, and Caitlin Chukagian, two of Let's the best go. women ever to fight in MMA. So, um, Dude, yeah, I was gonna win this. Yeah, fuck it. I'll believe in Raquel. I'll, I'll pick Raquel. I'll, I'm a, I'm gonna be a believer. Raquel um, got to keep the belt. She got to hold down the belt in the you know what division. Right. I j- and but I stand by the fact that you don't need to tape this fight. You just need to go with the vibes. There's nothing that watching these two women fight where you're going to be like, oh, that's that's going to pl- come into factor here. No. Listen, no. you Raquel's got some quick hands, quick boxing. I feel if she can Better close the distance, far. dude. If she can close the distance, dude, and not be in danger of this girl like taking like taking her down with like a blast double, she's gonna be able to win the fight. Mm, that's yeah. how I, like. It's and I mean, Holm pinned her against the easy. fence in the first round and won that round unanimously. Bueno Silva I mean. is just not like like technique, like move for move. She's like she lets you do stuff, and Raquel is not a girl that you want to let start going like building up like. Confidence mm. at a head of steam, dude. You don't want that. You don't want that. What do you think about Raquel knockout eighteen to one? No, not gonna happen. <laughs> okay, enough about that bullshit. Um, we're moving on to Mike Malat taking on Matter Neil Magny. It is gonna happen because I want the glory when it hits. So yeah, eighteen to one. I'm on it. 
There we go. Um, the welterweight division, Mike Malak and the Magni litmus test here. And we got Malat at minus 400, Neil Magni plus 300. Holy shit, man. Neil Magni is still fighting in the UFC. Um, Neil Magni. Neil give, Magni, yeah. Down. Neil Magni wins leader in at welterweight, which is an awesome uh, record to have. Very, you know, very GOAT record, right? Does Jim Miller have the record at lightweight? Is that my understanding? Of wins? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's Astro. good. Yeah, I think he has the overall, like I, overall, like any fighter. But yeah, I was just so. ch- thinking that in my head now. Um, but yeah, so um, Magni's a tried and true vet. He's looked weak physically in his last few fights, right? Shavkat tossed him around. Uh, Ian Gary kicked his leg to smithereens, which was really embarrassing. Um, but, Phil Rowe you know, even wasn't an easy one. <laughs> Phil Rowe, like, kind of gave him, yeah, and I was, we were on Magni there. You definitely bet him as well. Um, we liked Magni there, and he was just disappointing, kind of, you know, again, like, Phil Rowe's a welterweight, but he's a skinny guy. You know, he, he cuts a lot of weight to get to 170. Traditionally, he kind of gets taken down and stuff like that. They were kind of 50-50 in the grappling and the clinch game and stuff like that. So I just feel that Mike Malat, like, Mike Malat's jiu-jitsu game is legit. You know, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Very good nogi, knows the, the the submissions and the meta and where like how he's chaining his attacks to uh to keep you on your back and and just threatening submissions, you know what I mean? Where you're trying to go to these high date because that was a big not a big issue, but something I was always mindful of uh when I was first having my first few amateur fights that the fights are three minutes long. So it, you have to, I have to take you down and within and, and then still submit you while keeping you on your back or, or on the ground, uh, within three minutes. So you either want to get a takedown early or kind of, you know, you want to strategize to if you get a takedown later on in the round, you want to try to be getting to dominant positions or a position to attack a submission. And that's what Mike Malott looks to do. So I feel that once the fight does hit the ground, if Neil Magny cannot get into a stalling position, he's just going to get cut through. You saw how um, Rafael Dos Anjos and uh, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns, cut through, yeah. And Gilbert Burns, yeah, cut through his guard, uh, uh, both to, uh, uh, both of them, as as they got him to the ground. And I think Mike Malat has the opportunity to do the same thing. If Mike Malat gets a little tired, if if uh, Neil Magny can nullify that early, obviously Neil Magny is going to whip his ass in the third round, um, more than likely. Um, but I would say Mike Malat is probably pretty reliable to get to his position to get a submission. So is a dog shot on Neil Magny uh, a, a long, like bad? I wouldn't say so because um, I understand. But I feel like Mike Malat's coming in with an optimal game plan and it's very likely to uh, work. So I'll pick him by first round submission. Nice. Um, yeah, I just went to the UFC records. Um... Because you mentioned Jim Miller. Jim Miller is literally just all over this record book. Total fights, number one. Wins, number one. Finishes, number two. Submissions, number two. Fight time, number six. Five. Um, what a what a fucking man that guy is. Um, anyway. And he's 40. Neil Magny. Yeah, he's 40. Neil Magny has the most decision wins of anybody in UFC history at number at 14. And he's got to have the most, some of the most time as well. Um, yeah, number nine, six and a half hours. Man, six and a half hours watching Neil Magny that's fight. That's rough. Um, I think yeah. that would be, like, that'd be like, a, that'd be like a good, like, um, community service. Like, if anybody, I will say, yeah, <laughs> if, I will if say anybody Neil in Magny- Canada, hold on, hold on. If anybody in yeah. Canada, like, misbehaves this weekend, you know, and they get arrested, you know, they're too drunk, whatnot, their punishment should be to watch all six and a half hours of Neil Magny fights. Go ahead. Yeah, but as uh, uh, there's gonna be a, a a time period in there where they're gonna like the fight because when they the his Kelvin Gaslam fight and uh, what was the other fight his Hector Lombard fight those both were hilarious fights um, that people forget people forget happened that th- those are great people should watch those that's when I knew that's knowing that that happened that's how I knew that there is no way Kelvin Gaslam was gonna beat Sean Brady dude. like mm. just watch that fight and tell me. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a super clear idea of how good Malat is. I think that this is, well, I know that this is a significant jump up in competition for him. I mean, the guy, the guys he's fought in the UFC so far, honestly suck in, in comparison to Neil Magny, <laughs> um, Fugget, Lionese and Gall. 
Um, so, I mean, for him being, I, I definitely don't think he's proven enough to be 80% over Neil Magny. I mean, even though we're shitting on Neil Magny a little bit, I mean, he does provide a good litmus test for some of these younger fighters. So, I mean, the fact that I think Neil Magny is the side to plus 300 wouldn't knock a small wager on him. Uh, you got to go with the decision as well, a plus 500. Um, but you know, like how, how does Malat's cardio look? Have we ever have we seen Malat in the second round in, in, in years? Oh well, he beat Fuggett in the second round. But um outside of that, man, I mean I don't think he's been in he's last time he was in round two or last time he was in round three was twenty fifteen. Um so like you said, he how is he gonna look in round three? We have no idea. How is he gonna look on bottom if he gets stuck in the clinch? So I mean there's still uh, well a good amount of questions. Uh left about yeah, and, and once not... neil, neil bagney is similar to raquel that like once he starts getting going like he probably will put the beating on him a lot you know what i mean like because right. he 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 low-key he starts throwing like those weird ass like little punches like he'll throw like little like hammer punches and shit like that like he'll start busting you up pretty bad like it won't none of them will hurt that bad but Malat will probably fall, dude he he, he like what's neil magny round like three two ko or, th- or three ko uh, I bet round three is probably sixteen hundred minimum. If I had to guess, three K three um, KO is thirty seven plus thirty seven hundred. Wow, what is three straight up? Sixteen twenty four to one or something maybe? Three, uh, 3 thousand. Holy shit, I was off. Thirty four hundred. It is. Um, that's pretty 30, good, man. Yeah, thirty to one is yeah, that's pretty good. Good stabs there. Um. Enough about that one, though. Well, moving on to uh, Premier Division fight, Chris Curtis, Marc-Andre Barriut. Odds for this one, Chris Curtis, minus 192, MAB, plus 167. Canada's own MAB in this one. A little bit similar to MAB's last fight against uh, Anders. You know, I just Curtis has less <laughs> of a, a takedown threat than Anders does. But, you know, Southpaw striker, um, you got to think that the, the Southpaw boxing of Curtis is going to give MAB some problems. But MAB, we know what kind of fighter is, man. He he's a come forward, absorb damage, and uh, just you know absorb one to give you two type of fighter. And the guy um, is durable. He has good cardio. He pushes forward. So, I mean, at this current price, I do think it is MAB or pass. I I I do see him getting you know lit up with straight punches from Chris Curtis here. But if he can absorb some of them early on and just continue on that pressure and get Curtis moving backwards and put up that typical high volume of strikes, man, I think MAB could, you know, steal this one out, you know, especially he got some favorable judging on the last um, uh, Anders fight. You know, I definitely thought he lost the second round there, unanimously won it on all three judges scorecards. So the the crowd's going to be cheering for MAB and MAB does typically win fights by decision. I saw our boy Chad, Chad the Gimp, say that uh, if you bet MAB, you might as well bet him by decision, plus 425, and I agree. So um, maybe look for MAB live here or take that MAB by decision um, before the fight. But this is a fun one, man. I'm looking forward to that one. <clears throat> yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, so uh, Curtis is here. Uh, it's cool that they have him and, and Sean. They're keeping them together. Um, keeping Hopefully they keep each other out of trouble. But uh, yeah, he's ballooned a little bit to a bigger favorite this week. And while I understand it and um, you know appreciate Curtis's game, uh, the boxing, uh, the power that he brings in his uh, strikes, how precise he is, um, and how he kind of looks to follow up, and he's historically very durable, right? 17 wins by knockout, only been finished uh, by knockout one time in his career, um, and he's a vet of the of the game. Here, I mean, I. I definitely favor Curtis just because I feel that the the tempo of the fight, if it's on the feet, is definitely going to be in his favor with how clean he is, how he uses a little bit of that Philly shell, how like it's hard to hit him clean sometimes. Uh, strikes kind of uh, uh, slide off of him a lot. Um, you remember that um, uh, Joaquin Buckley fight, right? Buckley was throwing a lot of big strikes <clears throat> and they were looking like they were hurting him. But a lot of them were parried, weren't landing very cleanly. Whereas MAB, after he throws a lot of these strikes, he's very available to be hit and hit hard and hit cleanly. Um, I don't like, I don't think he's really going to try to take Curtis down. But if he even does, I don't think it's going to go uh, very well for him. I don't really see him having too much of a grappling advantage, uh, I would say. Um, but it should be a banger. If Curtis can't hurt MAB, it's going to be definitely a hard fight for him. Uh, just because MAB is definitely not going to go away. 
So I'm looking forward to watching it, but I would not like would not want to lay juice on Chris Curtis, honestly. Just you know, the 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 the, the Hermanson fight. I just remember that fight, you know, too vividly. I was personally on Hermanson there. And um I you know, obviously this guy doesn't move or, or have like a style like that, but I could just see Curtis being frustrated by a certain thing or uh starting off slow and not being able to land a big shot, and then it being a little sweaty when I needed him to win a uh, third round. Uh, where he's not necessarily doesn't necessarily have the better cardio, and I'm paying two to one on it, so I don't really think it's a good match. Yeah, and you said you know you don't think MAB will take him down. I don't think so either. But I mean, Curtis, Curtis's chance of landing a takedown are zero percent. Like this guy doesn't yeah, ever doesn't think about a takedown. So if anybody's <laughs> having grappling success here, it is MAB. So um, I actually think this fight will go to the judges' scorecards. Yeah, that's uh, I think. Minus 105, 130, oh, oh, 140, 140. 125. You're right. Yeah. So yeah. I think it will hit. I think it's a sneaky one. I think people see Curtis, obviously, but I feel that the style of MAB, like he kind of like uh, suppresses shots a little, like the, the, the full power and wind up of him just because he's always coming forward and he'll like jam your shots a little bit. So. I feel like we, we could see like some dirty boxing in here and like a little bit of a slower fight. And that's going to take us to the first fight on the main card, Arnold Allen versus Mosvar Yevloyev. Yevloyev is the favorite, minus 211, coming back with Arnold Allen, plus 181. Your turn to start this one off in the featherweight division. <laughs> great, great featherweight fight here. Uh, two top contenders, um, two guys that uh, I feel there was like a group of these late 20s guys that uh, they hadn't really, hadn't really fought each other. That I thought, uh, you know, it's good matchmaking. Um, I'm, you know, I like Evloyev, um, and I think that his, uh, how he's built his game, it's been getting a lot more fluid than people give him credit for. He's getting more comfortable, kind of just like ripping uppercuts, throwing flying knees, you know, and working, you know, the working his way and blending, you know, both sides of the Russians, right? You, you know, you have like the Zabit Russians, and you got like the Khabib Russians. And then you got the Russians like Evloyev, who they try to, you know, do this, do, like mix it up. Or like Uzman Nurmagomedov, uh, that they're, they're transcending, you know, both of them. When they're using some wrestling, that's maybe their primary for Evloyev. Um, and uh, Arnold Allen, he comes from the Faraz Sahabi camp, um, veteran guy, been five rounds before. So he should have the conditioning advantage or a cardio advantage, I think, maybe going into the late round uh, if he's able to get a stand up fight. Um, and the thing that I like about him is that I think that his game plan is going to be good, whereas he's not going to be jumping on submissions like Nick Lentz did, like Diego, uh, what's it called, Lopes uh, did, like even um, uh, Dan Ige. I think Dan Ige, Dan Ige didn't really jump on submissions, but I feel like he didn't always commit to just continue to wrestle, continue to wrestle, like counter wrestle, but don't go for these submissions because you're just not going to get them on this guy. Like these guys love when you go for their necks because they know how to roll and spin and, you know, stay on top of you. So I feel like this is going to be a really good fight. I feel like uh, Arnold Allen is sneaky here if he gets to a big enough price, but I just don't want to invest on him early. I want to see these guys. I want Arnold Allen to have a good first round. If he doesn't have a good first round, I don't really think that he's in that pair to get, like, you know, def- like I feel he's really behind the eight ball. Um but I don't think that he, even if he won the first round, I don't think that he would be like a big favorite in like, or, or the odds would change uh, a huge amount unless he landed like a big strike. So I feel like there'd still be meat on the boat. So, but I like Arnold Island potentially here if it gets above the plus 200 number. Pre-fight. This is a good one. I really don't have um, any interest in, in betting the money lines here um, because it's a tricky matchup. I mean, we haven't seen Arnold Allen face a grappler in a long time. Um, and the the guys that he did face um, did have some success against him. You know, most notably Mads Brunel was out grappling him for the first two rounds of that fight. And he had a big comeback guillotine in the third round. Um, Makwan Amir Khan, also had some success. He shut some takedowns down from Jordan Rinaldi, Gilbert Melendez, Nick Lenst. Um, But really the past four fights, Holloway, Cater, Hooker, Yusuf, none of those guys have wrestling. So, 
Um, it, it's going to be a new type of fight for, for Allen. I don't really think there's much like relevant data on how he's going to bode uh, versus a, a relentless wrestle like that. So I do sort of lean Ivloyev's way from like a pure pick pers- perspective because that just relentless takedown game of his, I think, um, just wins a lot of fights, man. And Ivloyev, I think he's, what, 7-0 in the UFC, 7 decisions. Um, yeah. Um, not a finisher, so you you obviously know why this one's minus 300 to go to the scorecards. It probably will hit the cards. And I think Allen might have success at times, fending off the takedowns, having to- uh, success at distance with his strikes, but will inevitably get taken down at some key times in the fight and probably lose like a 29-28 here. But again, hometown, you know, Allen is he's British, but he trains in Canada. I think the crowd will definitely be behind him. So if these are close rounds um, and, you know, if Loyev at times, I wouldn't call him a lay in prayer, but at times he doesn't have the most emphatic rounds. So I could see this one being a tight decision. So um, no interest in, in bets for this one. Uh, for me, and that's going to take us to um, the prelims. Uh, we have Brad Katona taking on Garrett Armfield in the Bantamweight division. Brad Katona is the favorite, minus 210, Armfield plus 180. Good matchup here. Um, both guys coming off of uh, solid wins. Armfield getting the knockout as a dog over Kazama. Katona winning, you know, I thought probably one of the better fights of the entire year last year against Cody Gibson. Just an absolute war, a high output war. And uh, Katona dug deep to get big moments in that fight. He was losing at times and was able to hurt Gibson and win the rounds back. <clears throat> and Brad's um conditioning is phenomenal, man. This guy is just a reliable three-round fighter. And uh, we can't say the same about Armfield. Uh, you know, has not really gone late in fights in the UFC. And even before the UFC, um, just not much decision experience. I think he's uh, he's one and one in decisions, and that one win was a, a split decision win. So I just think the fact that that Katona is so much more experienced late in the fights, I do think this one is going to hit the late rounds, and I just got to favor Katona there with the more experience. Um, so I'll go Brad by decision. You know, that's definitely the most likely outcome here according to the odds, but I do think it happens. But I'm looking forward to this one. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, originally I was wanting to, uh, back Armfield, but I, I just feel he's a square dog this week. I feel that people saw the, see the, uh, the knockout that Armfield had last fight. They see Brad, they think that, you know, Armfield with the reach advantage is going to be able to land a lot of strikes. But like you said, I feel that uh, the conditioning of Brad and the veteran nature of his, um, you know, fight record and career, I just think he's coming into this fight ready um, and he's going to show up, and it's going to be hard for Garrett Arfield to get him out of there. And then from there, Brad is going to chip away at him inside leg kicks, you know, uh, uh, jabs, you know, straight shots. And, you know, he's going to pick up steam and maybe eventually win a decision. But I could definitely see uh, Arfield just not being able to keep up with the pace. Like, I, I don't see Arfield being able to do what Cody Gibson did. So I would, I would definitely lean Katona. Maybe Katona three or by decision, something like that. But yeah, I mean Gibson maybe. fought his fought his ass off. Was you know boxing boxing him up, output you know, and it just still wasn't enough, man. I mean that was. Um, I would really recommend rewatching that fight. I think it's like a sleeper, one of the most underrated fights of the entire year. So. Um, moving on to another uh, prelim fight in the featherweight division this time. Charles Jordan taking on Sean Woodson. Odds to this one have uh, Jordan as the favorite. Um, pulling them up. My fight odds is uh, stuck. Tr- Jordan minus 220. Woodson plus 185. Give us your thoughts on this one. Yeah, so I'll keep it short here. Um, Woodson or uh, Jordan this week is a, is a very popular play. You know, I understand it, but... You know, it, it's a little bit too high for me now at this point. You know, I did try to go in a little bit. You know, it was like minus like 185 or, you know, some somewhere in that neighborhood. But how people see it is Woodson, uh, those long legs, susceptible to leg kicks. Jordan's going to be able to launch combinations, maybe have the power advantage. But uh, he kind of just forces the exchanges uh, better that he that he wins. Um, and Woodson just looked a little tentative in his last few fights. Um, and, and his shin at 145 might not be the best. But I traditionally have not trusted, overly trusted Charles Verdane. So I'm not gung-ho about this one. But there are a lot of people 
that uh, do well, in my opinion, that uh, are very, very excited about this spot for Charles Jordan. So I'll, I'll, heed, I'll heed ground to them as I do not have the convicted play on this. Yeah, me neither. I would lean Jordan and I would lean him by decision, which again, I think is the most likely outcome here, uh, according to the odds. Um, I don't even, let me see what that line is. Actually, well, no, Jordan ITD is actually slightly more favored. So Jordan by decision at, at plus 200, I think is, is pretty good. I would say that's the most interesting bet of the fight for me. I mean, Woodson sucks at finishing, man. This guy can't finish nothing. I mean, we just saw Jamal Emmers blast Bazooki out of there and, a minute and Woodson had him. I mean, Bazuki was dead tired in the second round and Woodson just totally played with this food there and found a way not to finish that fight. Uh, but Jordan does find finishes, man. He does find a way to get the fights done, um, uh, you know, by submission lately has been, you know, locking up some nice subs. Um, but I'll go Jordan by decision on this one. I think it'll, it'll be an interesting fight, man. I can see it being competitive at a bunch of different realms, but Sean Woodson, man, Never been super impressed with the guy, and I think that he's going to find a way to fuck this one up. Um, so I agree with the steam this week on that one. Uh, but one of the less, you know, one of the least convicts, uh, convictions uh, fight. Oh, my gosh. I had an aneurysm talking. Least convicted. Well, you know. Least yeah, convicted. There we go. Thank you. Um, next one's a good one. Bantamweight. Uh, Sergei City. I'm going to call him Circuit City. I think that's a good nickname for the guy. If you guys remember that, uh, American consumerism um, versus uh, Ramon T- uh, Tavares, we have, or is it Tavares or Tavares? Whatever. Tavares we'll go with. Um, damn, I practiced the, 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 the fucking pronunciations before this for, for this fight, and I just, it all came unraveling there. I'm, in, I'm embarrassed. Sorry, Ozzy. So, um, odds for this one, uh, City minus 175, Tavares plus 150. I'm on Tavares. I bet him in the first fight, I think, on Contender Series. I thought he was doing real good. Then he got caught a little a little shot there. You know, very universally agreed upon early stoppage. And I just don't see anything too impressive from City, honestly. So, uh, I mean, I think the guy is a, a good striker. I think they're both good strikers. But um, I just think this one's a lot closer than plus 150. And I think people are getting a little fooled by, oh, you know, City just won. He's going to win again. The fight was only four or five months ago. He's going to win again. But no. I'm going Tavares here at the plus 150 price tag for a unit. I just don't think you could well, be too wrong. I mean, I think they're going to box. I think they're going to, you know, have a good chance to add knocking each other out. And I'm going to go Tavares. What price did we get on, on Tavares last time? Was there like 200, 205, something like that? Let, let us see. Let's pull it up on the Maybe good old. 200. Um, yeah, 155. Oh, it was only 155? Oh, I thought it was a little bit bigger. Um, But yeah, I was on him as well. Um, I thought that, you know, I, I, I think this kid is solid. I, obviously, I think, though, he does have some durability concerns. He got dropped with that shot, right, sat down. Um, he ate a kick, a head kick one time, too, that kind of flattened him a bit. Um, but I, I feel that I, I like what he does. Like He kind of, like, pulls guys in with his shots. He's got, like, he, he, he gives me, like, a little bit, like, of uh, John Dodson vibes with, like, certain things that he does. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think that this fight is potentially a lot closer or, you know, it's definitely winnable for Tavares and uh, like that 160 area, 155, 150. I think he's an okay dog play, not an overwhelming underdog play. Um, but I think both guys, I think both these guys are actually okay. Right? I think Tavares is potentially a pretty good action fighter here, 135, and uh, City is maybe a decent prospect. But I'll lean with the plus money. City is, uh, I believe, Canadian though, Ukrainian Canadian. So he's got, you know, mm, two things, two things going for him um, this week. But uh, we'll be both be on uh, Tavares there. And next fight is the women's strawweight division: Jillian Robertson, Poliana Viana. Robertson been steamed all the way down to minus three hundred. Viana coming back at plus two fifty. And your turn to go first on this one. Um, I don't really like this fight that much. I mean, I feel like it's a good matchup for Jillian just because Polly Vienna has the wrestling and she's open to going into her close guard, as ironic as that sounds. And uh, and then also, uh, Jillian should be a good enough grappler to not like get arm guard arm barred, you would think, you know. Like, I mean, we saw how Polly Vienna lost to Tabitha Ricci, right? Like, literally, if Jillian wanted to, why can't she just take her down? 
and then stand up while Viana just stays laying down. I think that's why she got steamed, dude. Honestly, right? Like, why, yeah. why, why, why can't that happen? It could totally happen. It could totally happen because Pollyanna Viana is not going to defend a takedown, dude. So I can't bet her, dude. I hate Pollyanna Viana. I think didn't you convince me to bet Jin Yu Fry in her last fight against Pollyanna? Maybe. I think so, probably. Yeah, probably. And then she got knocked but, out in like 30 seconds. Yeah, I just hate Pollyanna Viana, honestly. And it's just a ridiculous... Like, when I bet her against Tabitha Ricci, which, which was dumb. That's on me. But when she does what she did, like, I gotta cross you off, dude. If you're not gonna go into a fight and literally just lay down, like, I can't... We can't and she have... Got, she got smushed by Lucindo last fight, too. Remember? Submitted by Lucindo. I, I forgot I that barely, shit I, I didn't watch. I didn't watch that fight, dude. I, yeah. This is one fight where I didn't watch no tape. For arm triangle. Arm triangle to the last one. Yeah, um, I, just, I, can't, I don't trust this. Lady. It's a litmus test for Jillian, man. Like you said, I mean, she's so much better at, at MMA grappling. I mean, she has a, an understanding of wrestling, and, you know, she's good at jiu-jitsu, good at passing guard, um, good from top position. And, I mean, I, I, if you're Jillian Robertson, you should be just defending arm bars and triangles all camp long. You should be just drilling, say, hey, this girl, all she does is arm bar. I mean, Fiona's got a few blitzing little strikes, but, man, she can't stay up. She's, you know, very light in the ass, as you like to say. And she's going to get immediately taken down at any time Jillian tries. And it's just a matter of can Jillian uh, be intelligent enough not to get caught with Viana's only move, the armbar. And I think she will be uh, able to do that. But minus 300, fuck that. I mean, I think she was in the minus, you know, yeah, she was minus like 160, 180 at one point. That was a good bet. But now, um, hell no, I don't think there's anything uh, to be bet there. Um, let's see. Maybe. Like the only risk, I I do this, probably see this one ending inside the distance, but the only risk is the one the thing you just mentioned with Robertson. You know, maybe she just stands up and lets her, you know, continue to to just lay on her back. But you know, the the under is a ju a juice to fight to end ITD at minus one seventy five. Um, that's pretty rare for women's MMA. But with how bad Viana is, I don't think it's too far fetched. Um, moving on to the next one in the welterweight division, Sam Patterson moving up. To 170, taking on Johan Lionese. Lionese favored minus 148. Patterson plus 128. You're fired up about this one. This might be your favorite fight on the card. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go on this one. Man, yeah, great fight here. We got Sam moving up to one one. Uh, was it 170? And he's taking on the total fraud, the biggest fraud on the roster, bro. Johan Lionese on his fourth fight in the UFC here. Right, that's the last fight. On your contract, and uh, you know he's he uh, Sam Patterson. He's nine months off from his last fight, but I feel like the narrative around Sam Patterson is like he's made a glass and this and that. And yeah, in a few of his other fights, yeah, he got kind of dropped and stuff like this. And you know he, but he came back. But in his last fight, I think people are making it sound like he kind of got like one punch knocked out, knocked out, or like like the first time he got hit. He kind of got the same thing that happened to Bruno Ferreira. He threw, throws like a leg kick. The guy hits him. He falls to the ground. And by the time he kind of like sees what's going on when he's on the ground, this little Ash Moves guy just dropped like a crazy, you know, barrage of punches and finished them. Um, and, and then he did some grappling on the ref afterwards. But is what it is. He's going to have 15 more pounds in his brain and the rest of his body here from not cutting the weight. And the guy's just pretty well-rounded. He could strike on the feet. He's not a bad grappler. Um, maybe positionally, Johan, if he's strong and committed early on, he gets some positions with the grappling. But Johan is sloppy. He's not a good control grappler. Um, and I feel that as long as Sam Patterson stays active, um, he should be able to outlast Johan, even if Johan starts off uh, well. So if you don't want to bet him early, whatever. But I just think that he should be, Sam Patterson should be favored. Maybe not a complete flip of the line, but he should definitely be the favorite. In my opinion, so would I make it? I got a multi-unit bet on Sam Patterson. I just think multi. that he's very likely. Yeah, multi-units. I just think that he's very likely to be able to win even round one. And if he doesn't win round one, I think he should be able to whip this guy's ass as this fight goes on and, and, and uh, should be able to finish him. I like it. And I'm in agreement. Um, not too, not as much analysis as you, but I just think Johan is so bad that him as a favorite in the UFC is worth a one unit fade. You know, I, I'm 
Patterson. I think his skills are okay. Um, and I think he was just too tall and cutting too much weight for 155. And I think moving up to 170 is going to be a good move for him. Had that nasty knockout, you know, slammed the back of his head on the on the mat and took a lot of time off. So that's good to see. And I think he's going to, you know, come back and, you know, get his first win in the UFC here. So just one unit as the underdog. Don't overthink it. And we're, we're this on boy the was, This boy was starving at 155, bro. Starving. He was like 6'3 six, six, at 155 or something. Yeah. I mean, that Dude, didn't work was... out. Didn't work out for Tom Nolan last week. I'll tell you what. <laughs> and that did, yeah, that shit don't add up, bro. He was starving. So this is going to be a good weight move for him. Though. I think you mentioned this, but if Patterson can make it out of round one, where you, Lainey's has some power in round one, right? He swings big punches in round one. He has to be respected early on. But I mean, if, if Patterson gets out of round one, man, he should be golden. So look for live bets, maybe even around two, round three bet on Patterson here. I don't know the odds on that, but I'm sure um, I'm sure they're pretty good if I had to guess. Let's see. Patterson round two. Oh, no. Oh, no. Never mind. 559. No, they know they know what's going to happen, dude, but That's I just true. don't want to. Plus 125 on Patterson just does not make any sense to me. Right. It could be my second Phil Halls in a row, but it just doesn't make sense. No, no, no. That's not. Lionese is no uh, Bruno Bulldog, but that's what I'm saying. Um, women's flyweight next: Jasmine Jazdavidias, Priscilla Cachoeira. Jasmine minus four hundred five, Cachoeira plus three hundred five. I mean, yeah, Jasmine's probably just gonna bully her, take her down, and uh, yeah, that's about it. I mean, Jasmine will win by. Uh, I don't know if she's gonna win by decision or finish. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear your thoughts if you have any thoughts on if she's gonna win, how she's gonna win. Yeah, I mean, Jasmine's just a clumsy girl. So, you know, hopefully she's not, you know, kind of like trying to die, like running on on her knees at this girl, you know, and and, and trying to do a God doubles, you know, acting like she's Jordan Burroughs and gets nailed with uppercut and knocked out. It could happen. Um, But I would think that she uh, submits Priscilla Cachoeira. Rene Cachoeira. Wow. I I actually don't think she has many submissions in her career, though, is it? Let me think. Only one sub. Yeah, so I mean, I understand some people wanting to chase a finish prop here, but if, uh, I mean, it was in her first if, fight back in 2019. Go ahead. If Priscilla Cachuera bites her and is DQ'd, you mm. would have to have knockout, right? Knockout. You or would. DQ, right. You would. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. just amazing that, that Priscilla actually knocked out Lipsky, the last woman to beat Lipsky, which is pretty remarkable in retrospect. She murdered Lipsky. Enough about that one. I'll we're gonna finish things up in the men's flyweight division. Cannot wait for this one. Malcolm Gordon versus Jimmy Flick. Odds for this one. Malcolm Gordon minus two twenty. Jimmy Flick plus one eighty five. So this line dropped on um fan or DraftKings when there were a bunch of openers. Um you know, maybe a month or something ago. And I said, you know what, Malcolm Gordon, I know, I know he's fragile, I know he has problems, but so does Jimmy Flick. Jimmy Flick is also fragile, also has a lot of problems. And I went ahead and I fired away on Malcolm Gordon minus 115. And the line didn't move for a few weeks. And I think I was like, did I just do something really stupid? Like, there is there really that much of an edge on Malcolm Gordon? And fortunately for me, it just took a month. But the market is agreeing because my man has been steamed to minus 220, which I think has gotten a little out of hand. I think maybe minus... 150 to 175 would be fine. 220 is a little wild. But I mean, Flick um, is mostly just a submission artist, but Gordon is, is actually a pretty good grappler, man. When this guy tangles up and just grapples, he he's pretty good at just grappling overall and avoiding subs. You know, he avoided a lot of Mokayev subs. I think he might have even won a round from Mokayev, the second round. Um, and you know, on the feet, I think Gordon should be better, but it's going to be a crapshoot on the feet. I mean, both guys are fragile and hurtable, but Flick with him, I mean, the way he, he's been bodied in his past two fights, you know, been knocked out in both of them, didn't really have much fight in him in either one of those. He was on the verge of, of retiring before that. And then even the fight before that, Cody Durden was boxing him up before him landing a flying triangle, basically hasn't looked good in a fight um, since his contender series fight uh, way back in uh September of 2020, I, I think that Malcolm just got a little more, more in the tank, uh, better overall fighter, had a little bit better of a career, actually. And uh, he's fighting in Canada, too. So I'm going with uh, with our boy Malcolm Gordon 
to win the fight. I hate Michael Morton. I'm never paying juice, even pick him juice on him to win a UFC fight. Hemi Flick, if he doesn't get hit, he uh, should be able to be maybe competitive. I mean, the thing is, he lost to that, uh, uh, what's his name? The Brazilian, I forget his Costa. name. Costa. Costa. He lost to Costa, but man, Costa was hitting him hard, dude. Uh, Malcolm Gordon is not, he does not have the capability to hit him as hard. So mm, I'm true. going with Hemi. I'm going with well, Hemi. Uh, a point to contradict that would be maybe Gordon decision. I mean, his ITD is minus 150. I think that's shit. But decision plus 400. That's crazy, I mean, dude. If they, if, well, the fight to just go the distance over overall is plus 275. But I think, I think that's very, very off because these guys have been getting finished by guys who hit hard or who can submit you. But I think with them being both, you know, kind of fragile, weak guys themselves, I think the finishing equity is going to drop off a lot. And we might just see, uh, you know, Gordon, on in top position for a lot of the fight, or you might see competitive back and forth. I think that the the odds Ooh, on minus the, one fifty on Gordon oh, inside that distance is atrocious. There is no way that could be accurate. I mean, they have Gordon There's KO at plus two at plus two hundred. I mean, Dude, I'm what, gonna I'm gonna go on DraftKings and I'm trying to get a not Gordon inside the distance. Oh I'm yeah, gonna, that'll be that'll be plus one twenty. I'm in. So, there. Come on, yeah, I'm in that. I'm in. Um, but that's gonna do it. Um. Do it for this podcast. Are are we doing? Are That's we doing? Crazy. Are we doing the the wrapping up segment? Are we doing that? Sure, sure. Okay. Sure. Um, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and give you some Let's some go. bets here. Okay, so Please. we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Rocky Pennington money line plus one thirty seven. We're Thank gonna you. go. Sam Patterson money line plus one twenty eight, and we're gonna go. Hamon Tavares plus one fifty. Ooh, FMK. Um, man, uh, I think for me it's a little easy on those. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck Raquel. Um, you know, like we said, we had a conversation about this earlier. You know, Raquel, she's she's done that before, so it's not all. You know, it's not totally. You know, uh, below her, or above her, depending on your definition. So she's gonna do well. I think she's gonna be able to give Myra Bonosova a good fight. I'm gonna kill. Um. Tavares, you know, he's got killed one time. You know, I don't know if that guy is not roughing, and we could get a shitty rough again. So <laughs> if he's getting it's in Canada, dude, this guy's the local guy. So if he's taking a seat, it's not, it might not go good for him on the scorecards or uh, with the referee. And uh, so that means I'm gonna marry or I'm gonna marry Sam Patterson, young mm. lad. You know, uh, I'm, I'm uh, what's uh, what's the thing called that uh. Uh, Ian Gary's girl did to him. Um, like a, pegged him. No, when like a cougar, like a, a older no, chick, hoisted. No, I don't know the word that. Uh, groom, groom, groom. Oh yeah, groom. So Sam Patterson's second UFC fight. We're getting in with him. This getting dog money on him is is ridiculous. Is you know, a gift. Yes. Um. All right. Let me let me give you a few. Sorry, my shit. bad. Yeah, hit me with your best shot. Okay, so let's go Charles Jordan, minus 200. Um, uh, Evloyev, minus 205. And uh, Bracatona, minus 190. FMK. Those, those lines are a little sad. You got you to gotta refresh those. Those are a little, little off. Um, no, those are, they're, they're right about right. Um, so we got... Yeah. If Loyev minus two eleven, Jordan minus two twenty. Dude, I'm t- I'm telling you on DraftKings, bro. Like th- these prices are available. Why are you? Oh, okay, why are okay. you cock? Why are you cock right in Dave Mason and bet online? Like like there's <laughs> not fifteen have, fucking sports books, true. you idiot. We have a partnership. Okay. Um. So Jordan, if Loyev and Katona. Katona. Okay. Well, that's a good one. That's a tough one. Um. We're gonna, mm, mm. Okay, it's not that tough, we're gonna, bro. Come on, we're gonna marry Brad Katona. Gotta go, we marry the cardio advantage. We're gonna fuck Charles Jordan because Woodson stinks, and if Loyev, we're gonna have to kill. Even though he's the best fighter out of the three, I think he's got the best opponent out of the three too. So I'm gonna have to get rid of that one. Um, nice. but those are 
I'm not interested in, in any of those bets, honestly. You know, money line wise, not really too much here. You know, I got that early Gordon. I'm gonna be on Patterson. I'm gonna be on Tavares. I'm already on Tavares. And outside of that, man, not uh, I'm Strickland in the main event. Maybe some uh, MAB live. But um, yeah, just an okay card. But we are off next week, uh, and then we come back with uh, two premier division main events back-to-back at the Apex, Delidze, Imovolve, Hermanson, Pfeiffer. So we got three premier division main events in a row. That's a good start to the year. And, you know, it's good to be back in the swing of things. So thanks for joining me, Ozzy, as always. Um, who, who's your pick to win the Super Bowl, Ozzy? Uh, Baltimore Ravens. I like it. I will agree. Um, so. I, I hope that happens. I either hope it's the the Ravens or some team, not the 49ers. Like if like the fucking Packers can pull it off or something. Um, so, all right, everyone enjoy the fights. Uh, hope you all win some bets and we'll see you all before the next UFC event two weeks from now. Peace out, everyone.